Good morning and welcome everybody. You are listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network wherever you are in this amazing country of Australia. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mon, good morning Lyle, how's it going? Fantastic and amazing. Oh yeah, how come? What are you grateful for today? I am grateful for friends who have farms. Friends who have farms? Yes, I spent yesterday afternoon on a farm with a friend. Oh. Or with a friend on a farm. A uh, sheep farm, wheat farm? Cow farm. Oh, cow farm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Cattle. Nice. And you're just like wandering around the farm looking at cows? We looked at cows. We went hiking up in the bush. We found a water hole. It was just, it was just amazing. It was, it was a very beautiful place. Mm, nice. Yeah, fantastic. Nice. Yeah. I'm grateful for the fact that I overcame my lifelong debilitating fear of doing my tax return yesterday. And also, this is an interesting way of doing this. I, on Friday, when we actually recorded this on the 13th, Friday the 13th of July, I was grateful for the fact that after the show, I was going to be doing a job trial for a potential second job. But you're probably listening to this on Monday, which means I might either have a job or not have a job. Oh, we don't know. (laughs) So this could go either way. Does Mon have a job or not? And the reason we are doing this is because this is the delayed And, broadcast. of course, I didn't spend the yesterday afternoon on a farm with a friend. It was last week. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. That's the old history now. Old history. So if you want to get with the current show, then you need to listen to the live show. And how do yes. you do that? Well, you can jump across uh, one of two ways. You can go to faithfm.com.au, our website, and just press play on the live stream. Or you can download the TuneIn app, search for Faith FM Australia, and you can listen to that anywhere on the planet that you get a good Wi-Fi signal and just perfect reception everywhere. Yeah, we even had a caller come through um, and wanted to talk about one of the subjects that we were talking about. Like, mm. oh, okay, cool, that's cool. And we found that they were talking about actually... Yesterday's subject. Yesterday's subject. Like, yeah. Okay, but that's but right. yeah, jump Yesterday's across. subject was a good subject. It was, so it was, all good. It was. Yeah. And if you jump across the live show, you can you know, you know, can enter the uh, the quiz for the day and get the free giveaway and you can find out whether or not I've got a second job. So <laughs> find out all the good stuff there. All the current goss is going to be on the live show, so make sure you go there. What else are we talking about on today's show? We're going to talk about uh, Facebook attacking the rights of children in court. Mm, yes, yeah, some um, controversial Trying to do away affairs. with child rights. Yep, we also have some <clears throat> some good news. We have some story about a BMW and some lightning and yeah, a guy yeah. in a BMW who takes um, a girl hooning. Yeah, a girl. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> such a sweet story. We've yeah, put that one it's not up. What on you're our, thinking though is not what you're thinking. We've put that story up on our social media. So you can check out our Instagram, which is Faith FM Live, or our Facebook, which is Faith FM Australia, or our Twitter. Yep, absolutely. But right now, you need to stay tuned because we have some amazing programming coming your way. Enjoy the show. I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses The voice I hear Falling on my ear The Son of God discloses And He walks with me And He talks with me And He tells me I am His own And the joy that we share As we tarry there Nobody else has ever known He speaks and the sound of His voice All the birds hush their singing 
the melody that it gave to me is in my heart. Just a ring, a ring, a ring, a ring, a ring, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy that we share as we tarry there, nobody else has ever known. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm not complaining about that. We're doing things differently this morning. We sure are. We're now doing a good news segment with that. That's, that's why I gave us a pause right there so that in the delayed broadcast, we can actually cut the intro off and put it in the right spot. <laughs> Is that what you were doing? I was like, Lyle's really like, been thrown by yeah, this this silent, morning. The silent treatment, the, the, the dead air space on radio is like <laughs> the, 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 worst, the worst sin ever. <laughs> it's true. It feels so weird because when you do radio, even the shortest pause feels like an eternity. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It's so true. It's terrible. Um, well, let me hit you with a clu- uh, quiz first of all. Okay. Yes, yeah, so quiz. We, we have a new quiz this morning, and it is a "Who Am I?" quiz, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And I'm going to give you some clues, and I'm I'm in, I'm going to be intrigued if you get this on the first clue because okay. it's a little bit obscure. I, I feel uh. like the first clue fits several Bible characters. Ooh, that always makes it hard. Okay, you ready? Who am I? I did what I could to kill off the Lord's prophets. You know who that oh, is, I know Lyle. exactly who that is. What do you mean? Yeah, I know who that mean? is. What do you mean you know who it is already? Oh, okay. We're going to find out. It fits a few. It fits a few, few people. I, I, I'm, take, I'm taking a very, very good guess at this one. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm intrigued to hear your guess when we get off air. But uh, yeah, give us a call if you think you know who it is, if you're very confident you know exactly which prophet killer that is. I'm thinking that there was a number of prophets that survived this purge hiding in a cave. Would I be correct? I'm not telling you anything. Okay. <laughs> if you think you know what it is, give us a call. The number to call is one eight hundred. They were hidden there by Obadiah. One eight hundred three two four eight four three. You are correct. Just be quiet about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Yeah, you did. Okay, Lyle. Let me tell you some. Oh, actually, do you know what? Let me tell you like a little bit oh, of. S- yes, go on. Before you do, I, I want to know something. Yeah, go on. Do you suffer from? Paraskevidekatriaphobia. Never heard of it. That's 23 letters in that That's word. a long word. Okay, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later. Anyway, come <laughs> on with you. Head on with your Pretty sure I don't have story. any debilitating phobias, but um, could find out. Isn't that funny how you do Oh, I don't have that phobia, but then we find out what it means. You're like, 
Actually, maybe I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to find out about True this phobia later. And if you suffer from this phobia, we want to give want, we want you to give us a call. Oh yes, please do. One eight hundred Faith FM is the number to call. Mm-hmm. I have a kind of sadish news, but it's a it's a story of sacrifice and of heroism, mm-hmm. and uh, it's the story of Mei Bao Chao Chion, and uh, and she is a Thai rice farmer. And, Thailand's uh, been in the news lately. Yeah, and this is connected to the cave rescue. Oh, okay. Um, cause, because what happened was, you know, she owns five acres of land in a small village near the mountain where the boys' soccer team was trapped in the cave. And mm-hmm. uh, and so when she heard about this, um, she she dropped everything and uh, and she went to the cave to see if she could help. And, um, and she spent a week at the cave cooking meals for the rescue workers. Oh, nice. Yeah, as a lady farmer and um, and just, you know, volunteering and just seeing where she could fit in the picture and help. And so she was there for the whole uh, for the whole time um, looking after people, you know, the, the other people who are doing like the, the divers and so forth. Mm-hmm. She comes home to discover that all the water that has been pumped out of the cave, um, 130 million litres of water was pumped out of the cave and has flooded her rice fields and destroyed her crops. Has it, uh, has it actually eroded the rice fields or is it just layered a uh, massive layer of mud on top of them? Yeah, well, mud, yeah. I mean, okay. in the picture it says mud, but she says... Oh, now, yeah, I can see that in the picture. Yeah, yeah, she says, when I got home, the water was two feet deep and the young plants were flooded. Yep. And, um, but she, you know what she has... And you'd think you'd be angry that they, they pumped it straight into someone's livelihood and just destroyed their, you know, their years' wage. Yeah, but what are you going to do? I mean, do you really have time to get water engineers in there and yeah, say, well, we need yeah. to send, send the water this way or that way? It's like, no, get the water level down and get those kids out. Yeah, and, and her attitude was the same. She said she doesn't care about her flooded crops. She's just thankful the team made it out alive. Children are more impart- <clears throat> sorry, important than rice, she said. We can regrow, ri- regrow rice, but we can't regrow the children. Mm. Isn't that beautiful that's sentiment. an amazing sentiment. Yeah. Particularly, I mean, I'm thinking those those five acres. You know, you can grow a lot of rice in five acres, mm-hmm. and that's probably her livelihood. Yeah. Um, for for the year, and that's you know pretty much how it goes in that part of the world. So, um, you know, she'll be relying on on friends and relatives, I imagine, yeah. to support her. Well, she says she remains optimistic, and she plans to harvest a crop later this year. So she might replant and you know see where she goes. Sure. But you know, she, she said she was it was actually a phenomenal experience um, being part of like the helping team. She said, "I feel people have shown more love towards each other. There's such a strong community spirit with people all wanting to help each other, and um, and that it, it, this." occurrence really helped to unite ties all over the country mm, which mm. is true because often when a crisis like this strikes um, you know people forget their differences and they work together oh, for absolutely. a common goal yeah and it's, it's when we it's when we've got time on our hands you know that famous saying that yes. uh, that um Idle, you know, hands. idle hands are the devil's playground. And that's what happens. You get a church that is idle and they start to gossip and fight and split apart. And you get a church that is busy and they've got too much to do. They don't have time to fight. They just got all pulled together. Yeah. And this is this is what we talked about in our Bible study actually a few Absolutely. weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Book of Acts. Yeah. In the Book of Acts. And they were all squabbling. And so one way to do it is to give them a mission project to work on. Yeah. Like the whole world. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whole world is waiting for you. Get it together. <laughs> it's 120 years. We want to go out and, and convert the whole world. Uh-huh. Amen. I got a cute little story um, uh, coming from uh, WA was a man drove his BMW Z4, brand new car, he was having a great time, to the post office to get a new passport. And when he arrived about lunchtime, um, the post office was briefly closed. It had one of those back in 10 minute signs. Uh-huh. And um, and so he was like, do you know what? I'm going to sit in my flash convertible out the front. And he was sitting there when he met Beverly. And mm-hmm. Beverly is a little old lady. 
like a hundred years old she must be. And uh, he saw her go in and try to go into the post office and get all confused, you know, because, you know, why would the post office usually, usually be shut? And uh, and so have he have a lunch break. Well, most of break. They usually cycle out the um the staff. Yeah, so, it's I don't a little, know. little bitty country yeah. post office. Yeah, it's fine. Ten minutes, no worries. But she could, she was obviously confused and couldn't understand why it was shut. You know, trying a different door, and so he thought he'd better jump out and just go up to her and point out the sign. And so he goes out to her and and just explains that they're shut for ten minutes. And um and they started chatting. And he said, hey, do you want to go for a spin in my convertible? As you would. <laughs> and so they had a little picture, aren't they cute? So he, <laughs> she jumps nice. in, his, in his BMW Z4 and they go and they burn some rubber for 10 minutes, taking her Beverly for a spin around town. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I bet it's a long time since she's had a young, yeah. uh, a nice young man take her for a spin in a hot car. Yeah, absolutely. I want to put this picture on Instagram because she looks so happy. She's got this huge grin on her face. <laughs> he, of course, put the Love picture it. up on... Um, on, on social media he wrote friends meet Beverly <laughs> so yeah, this is so awesome good deed done for the day I got, have we got time for one more quick story okay we got time okay so young couple in Colorado um, had sometimes I feel like we tempt the elements so there's a uh, boyfriend girlfriend and uh, and he said to her you light up my life and she said more than lightning and he was like more than lightning and then I kid oh, you not oh it's cheese, cheese no, corn, corn corn it's cheesy it's cheesy but then two days later he actually got struck by lightning this is <laughs> this is in some way there is something positive you are drawing out of this moment. she saved his life but really? come on, it's pretty funny that they're like, I love you more than lightning and then lightning strikes. <laughs> like, oh, really? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, it is It is kind of funny. So, so how did she save his life? Did CPR or something? Yeah, well, yeah exactly. Well, she found her boyfriend uh, face down on the ground without a pulse. Mm-hmm. Um, and she rolled him over. Just, you know, something was very clearly wrong. And uh, she checked for heartbeat, breathing, didn't see either. And she started um, chest compressions and CPR. Amazingly, just as amazing as them joking about loving each more, each other more than lightning, she had only just been taking CPR classes about a month ago. Yep. So she was full bottle and good to go. And um, yeah, she, she said she said he she only had to do one round and he started coming back and gasping for air. But then he stopped breathing again. So she did a second round of CPR and then he was breathing and doing all right. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, rather amazing. So I have a pictures of him in hospital, um, all rigged up, and he uh, he eventually managed yep, the burn yep. unit at um, the University of Colorado Hospital because they were camping at this time in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, she had to call the um, ambulance to come, and and the doctors say that he was lucky to be alive. And the lightning apparently stuck through his neck and went out his right foot. But if it hadn't been for her um, first aid, yeah, she, he, he, he wouldn't have made it. He wouldn't have made it. So yeah. So I guess you know, there's a saying that lightning doesn't strike in the same place twice. Oh, really? Yeah. Except that it does because there are human beings who have been struck more than once by lightning. But the question is, were they standing in the same place? Was it like you know, on their front? No, oh, don't, don't get technical <laughs> now. I mean, come on, seriously. If you got struck twice by lightning, we, that's got to be pretty unique. Yeah, That'd be that's bragging true. points right there. If I got struck by lightning, I feel like I was up for another one. I would stay inside anytime there was a storm. <laughs> storm like me once, it might like me again. <laughs> This is a wonderful new song from Alison Book called If Not For His Love.
Listening to Alison Brooke, if not for his love, here on Faith FM. And Mon, another clue for our quiz, which I've already got. Oh, you do, do I have it mm-hmm. solved. Who am I? I was involved in idolatry and witchcraft. Mm. Mm. Who in the Bible is actually named as a witch? Mm. Very, very few people are named as a witch in the Bible, but this one, this particular person is called both a witch and a prostitute. Oh. She was both of those things. Oh, oh Well, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843, if you know who this person is. Okay, so, Mon, do you suffer from paraskevidek? 
Ekateriaphobia. <laughs> no. You don't. You, you're not. You don't. No. You, you're not. Okay. Do you know what? Do you do you know what that is? I have absolutely that, that word no that has twenty three letters in it. How many letters are there in the alphabet? This is about all of them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Twenty three letters. There. I had to count them up. <laughs> okay, so paraskevidekateriaphobia is uh, the fear of Friday the thirteenth. Oh, I see. Well, that's not going to work because that's what today is. That's right. And you're not a, you're not afraid, Mum. I'm I'm absolutely not afraid. Why are you at not all? afraid of Friday the thirteenth? Why would I be afraid of Friday the thirteenth? Well, they say lots of bad things happen on Friday the thirteenth. Although the Dutch did research on it and they found that, and this fascinated me, uh, Friday the thirteenth was one of the safest days of the year for accidents because people were more careful on that day. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, serious. That is hilarious. <laughs> and they all stay home because they're yeah, all paranoid. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realise there were that many people that were superstitious. But uh, anyway, that's the that was a study that was done in 2008. And uh, yeah, so mm, interesting. Well, may- maybe maybe it's uh, not so much that they're superstitious. They're just spooked because of all the movies they've seen. You know. Do you know where, what the origin for Friday the 13th is? It's got to be something witchy, isn't it? Okay, so in the year 1118, a man by the name of Hugh DePayne formed a organization, a secret society called the Knights Templar or the Poor Knights of the Temple of Solomon. Oh. And uh, for 12 years, there was only nine nights. They uh, they never went out on any patrols or anything like that. Uh, but suddenly overnight, they became incredibly wealthy and their wealth spread, their wealth and their power spread right across Europe and they became the world's first world bankers. Oh. And some years later, in 1307, the uh, church at that particular time was pretty much bankrupt. They looked around the world and they said, okay, the Knights Templars are the guys with all the money. Mm-hmm. And so they accused them of witchcraft and heresy and probably guilty of those things, who knows, um, and all kinds of things. They banned them. And on Friday the 13th, 1307, they were banned. Their possessions were seized. Many of them were burned to death. They were accused of satanic rituals, etc. Wow. And uh, yes, thus disappeared the Knights Templar. And that happened more, on into fr- deeper and more secret layers. Yeah. So that it's funny that they should think that uh, Friday the thirteenth is a day that bad stuff happens when it looks like they were really just you know cleaning out some skeletons. Oh, there was there was there was there was there was two lots of bad groups going after each other in that one. Mm-hmm. Of course, there is triskaidekaphobia, which is the fear of the number thirteen. But anyway, putting aside um, those today, there was a uh, article in, on the tenth of July in the ancient. Origins magazine. Now, Ancient Origins is a magazine that is dedicated to um, the process of evolution and the evolutionary origin of human beings. Okay. In particular, and is um, staunchly uh, evolutionary, billions of years, etc., etc., etc. And they have just put out an article on young Earth creationism. Oh. And investigating the reasons behind young Earth creationism. And they noted that now 42% of um, Americans in the United States believe young earth creationism rather than uh, long age evolution. Okay, yeah. And so they were looking at the origins for, because they they study origins, what is the origins for young earth uh, creationism? And guess where they found the origins of it? Where? Because, of course, old earth Mm -hmm. um, evolution came out in the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. Uh, the origins for young earth creationism, according to Ancient Origins magazine, is the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Wow. Yeah, so I'm a bit of a brag this morning. Oh, it's amazing. Praise the Lord. Yeah. So it was interesting because old earth evolution 
um, had its heydays from the 1920s through to the late 1940s. That was when it reached its peak. Mm-hmm. And that was driven by a lack of scientific knowledge combined with two world wars and a move towards atheism mm-hmm. You know, as a result of the horror that the world had seen. Uh, but since the 1960s through until now, creationism has, young earth creationism has been rising dramatically. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and of course, that's been based on you know, increased scientific knowledge, uh, you know, DNA and these kind of things, which are uh, increasingly making um, old earth evolution untenable. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think people are searching for something that actually makes sense. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. um, and so there's actually a reversal taking place. It's one of the uh, few positive reversals that we see taking place um, in the scientific world. And uh, yeah, that they're sort of like, oh, this is no good. Why is, why is this all happening? Oh, we'll blame it on Seventh Day Adventists. And like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they went back to a uh, book by George McCready Price, who was a Seventh Day Adventist, um, which became the uh, founding basis for. Uh, many of the arguments for young earth creationism that uh, have, have formed the modern movement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just thought I would have a little bit of a, uh, a brag about that one this morning. But um, what will we talk about next? Okay, Facebook is back in the news, fighting against uh, the rights of parents and the rights of children. Really? Yes. And, of course, this one came out of Germany, Mon. Oh, serious? Yeah, so a German court found that uh, parents do not have the right to access their children's Facebook account after their children have died. Whoa. Okay. Okay. So this is this is a pretty serious implications uh, because if that is the case, then of course parents never have the right to access access their child's Facebook account. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, thankfully, the uh, German Federal Court of Justice, which is the equivalent of our High Court, the American Supreme Court, you know, this is the highest uh, level of court, has reversed the decision. Yeah. Um, and this was in favour of uh, a family who had lost their daughter at the age of 15 after being struck by a train. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they wanted to find out what was going on in their daughter's life that this happened. Was this um, self-inflicted, you know, mm-hmm. etc.? But the thing that the important thing here is that Facebook uh, has come and said, no, we have a contract with the 15 year old and it would be a violation of that contract for you to have any access to that account ever, even after the child has died. Oh, come down, Facebook. And, you know, so basically what Facebook is doing is, is it setting, setting kids up for bullying. Mm-hmm. It's setting them up for grooming. Mm-hmm. Um, it's setting them up for, you know, physical, emotional, sexual abuse by removing any possibility of the parents to be able to fulfill their parental uh, responsibility of protecting children. That's the purpose of of parents is to protect children. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so this is very much against the rights of a child because the fundamental right of a child is to have parents and to have protection. Mm -hmm. And Facebook is like, no, you can't have parents who are there to protect you. Mm -hmm. And I've got to tell you, in my home, um, when when my kids were young, when they were when they were still children, yeah, they had Facebook accounts, mm-hmm. and they were allowed to have those Facebook accounts on the basis that we had the login details and that we could look at them anytime we wanted to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they could access those Facebook accounts from the living room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Screens did not go into their bedrooms. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's you know any parent who sends their kids into their room with a screen is setting their children up 
yeah, uh, for 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 abuse, for bullying, for grooming, for you know the worst of what the cyber world has to offer. Yeah, and parents need to stand up and be parents to their children today. And they definitely need to not be so ignorant to think that the devil won't take that opportunity with both hands. Yeah, seriously, mm-hmm. how how it baffles my mind how uh, and the word has escaped me right now, um, but you know how immature parents can be. Mm-hmm. Naive. These days, naive, that's mm-hmm. the word I'm looking at. Naive parents can be as to what actually goes on in cyberspace mm-hmm. with children mm-hmm. and to negate their parental responsibilities and to just turn their, willingly, freely turn their children over. You know, children have rights mm-hmm. and we need to stand up for the rights of the children and the fundamental right of a child is to have a parent who is prepared to give them the protection they need. If you have an opinion about this, give us a call because I think there might be some parents who maybe disagree. You know, oh, let the kids have their freedom. Oh, I'd love to talk to you. Yeah, give us a call now, 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. And uh, yeah, weigh in on this topic. I'm actually pretty surprised that Facebook, you know, even after the child has died, like what is the what is the use of them not being able to access? If you think about it, all their tangible belongings, you know, then are owned by their parents. Why wouldn't yeah, they? Their, yeah, their diary, their letters. Yeah. They all become part of their, yeah, anyway. It's actually quite peculiar action for, for Facebook to have that sort of... Very unethical. Extremely mm. unethical. Anyway, we're going to listen to Anthem Lights, The Invitation, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus Melody. Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in His wonderful face And the Strangely dim In the light of His glory and grace To Jesus I surrender To Him I freely give I will ever love and trust Him In His presence daily Decided to follow Jesus I- 
In the light of His glory and grace Uh
That was Audrey Sad with I Wonder As I Wonder. And before that, we had Anthem Lights, the Invitation Medley here on Faith FM. And before we go to our guest interview, we're going to talk to, uh, we're going to have another clue for our quiz. This is an easy quiz this morning. Yes, we've already had some guesses come through on our Instagram. Someone has guessed Ahab. Um, mm, close, but no cigar. Uh, no cigars anywhere anyway. But this is a Who Am I quiz. Mm-hmm. And the next clue that I'm going to share with you, do you think it's obvious so far who it is? Yeah, well, you can't... Okay, so here's my argument against Ahab. You can't call the dude a witch. Yeah, and also I feel like... He's a witch doctor. I feel like Isn't the witch doctor the, the male version of witch? I don't know. Maybe you can. I don't know. I would have thought maybe a wizard. Talk, I don't to, know. talk I don't to someone know. who's involved in Wicca. I don't, know. I don't know. Okay, so our next clue is, I painted my eyes and arranged my hair just prior to my being thrown out a window to my death. Mm-hmm. I think we all know who that is now. Yeah, Come on. Who got chucked, story. chucked out a window and munched by dogs? It's pretty yeah. obvious. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So there's the clue. Uh, you know what the number is? 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. Luke, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Okay. So just introducing Luke. Uh, we've had Luke on our show before. He runs the uh, Australian Table Talk uh, podcast and uh, we often advertise that on our show. And Luke, it's been a while since we've had you, had you on the show. Last time you came on and shared with us uh, your personal journey, your story, uh, journey of faith um, and so forth. But uh, this time we wanted to talk more about What's actually been happening on Table Talk? What have you guys been up to um, since we last spoke? Well, we've actually released a, a few different episodes and uh, tackled some interesting issues. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, we talked about selling the Sabbath okay. was one of them. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, another one we talked about, uh, can, it, can you love God but still rebel against Him? Mm-hmm. And uh, the third one that we released recently was a question about sex that a uh, that one of our listeners sent in to us and asked us to answer based on scripture. Okay, okay. so, so these, are, well, these are these are some really really interesting subjects. And what I want to do this morning, uh, Luke, is, is is spend a bit of time just chatting about them because obviously um, your team would have spent some time researching them and uh, finding mm-hmm. some answers from the Bible. And mm-hmm. so I'm simply going to start with the first one: selling the Sabbath. Um, that's an interesting title. And uh, we'll finish off with the question about sex because we know that will keep everybody listening. Um, <laughs> okay, so selling the Sabbath. What do you mean by selling the Sabbath? How do, you se- how do you sell the Sabbath? Well, that's one of the questions that we were talking about. We're talking about how so many people have this misconception of what the Sabbath is and they see it as a burden or some sort of negative, some sort of really restrictive, horrible thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Bible doesn't teach that about the Sabbath at all. And so that, that was really how we were focusing on how we sell the Sabbath. If we are Sabbath keepers and we're the ones that are telling people about it, a lot of people who keep the Sabbath have a tendency to talk about it in a way that makes it sound like it's a bad thing. And yeah. so we're talking about how to sell it. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I've never heard anyone in Australia complain about having a public holiday. Mm. You know, and, and, and the government yeah. will give you a public holiday once a year and feel really generous, like, oh, it's the Queen's birthday, you can have a day off, and we are so mm. generous. And God comes along and says, oh, yeah, I'll give you one every week, and we all complain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, exactly. what? Go figure. Mm-hmm. How does that actually work? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I still remember, you know, I was probably about 18 and I, I was still living with, at home with my parents and we had befriended a Baptist family and they came over unannounced one Sunday afternoon and I still remember standing in the dappled sunlight and uh, in the shade of a tree and the father said, we've got a serious thing we want to talk about. And we said, okay, what's that? And he said, we have come to liberate you from the bondage of the Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to take and, away your public holiday and you can, yeah, you can, now, you can now work on that day. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so, I mean, I still remember as a teenager, I was, I didn't know what to say to that, you know. But ultimately, that's the way a lot of people view it. And it's hilarious. So, yeah. And so, I think it's, it's we, to, to some degree, you know, those of us who do keep the Sabbath, it's our responsibility to share share it just like you did. You just described it as a public holiday. It's, uh, you know, it's a really positive thing. And so, if we share it that way, People are going to have less misunderstandings about it. Yes, if if and I've often said this: if the Sabbath day is not the best day of the week, the one that you look forward to more than any other day, and that your children look forward to more than any other day, you're doing it wrong. Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'd challenge anyone to uh, who, who thinks that the Sabbath might be a burden to go to. Um, and particularly you know, Christians out there, travel to Jerusalem and go to the Wailing Wall on Friday evening as the Sabbath is beginning. You know, there is so much happiness and joy and celebration that the Jewish people, you know, the Jewish people, they get it. You know, <laughs> they're having a great time and it's just, you know, it's uh, family time and it's celebration and they're singing and they're dancing and, you know, there's all this joy that's happening. And... Uh, um, you know, and 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 other Christians are like, oh, this is bondage. Let me, <laughs> let's release you from this bondage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But look, I was like, can I, can I? I just wanted to point out one of the amazing things that about the Sabbath that I think people totally miss is that God uses it as a, a tool of rehabilitation. When His people came out of Egypt, the first thing He gave them was the Sabbath, so they could rest and spend time with Him and reconnect with Him. And he continued to use that through their experience. And I, I believe that it's still the same today. He uses it for the very same reason. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a time for families to get together because, you know, often mm. families can be very busy in today's society with both parents working and children miss that 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 time with their parents. But, you know, when you keep the Sabbath, you the, the children can know, ah, it's Friday mm. evening, the Sabbath is beginning. For the next 24 hours... I have time with my family. And that's a really, yeah. really important uh, opportunity that you've got right there. Now, just on, on this one, Luke, you've, you, you're obviously uh, table talk a bunch of uh, young guys. What is there, five of you? Yes. Five of you sitting around doing a doing these podcasts. Um, you've just released a, uh, a, a video and um, you're looking at going more into video in the future? Would that be right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the plan as, as time permits for sure. Yeah, and it was I, I look at it as great production. I love the way that you guys just sort of put it together and and don't take each other too seriously and and just have some fun with it and uh, mm-hmm. make it really contemporary. And as a bunch of young guys, I think it gives a uh, a good perspective on the Sabbath. Okay, I want to move on to this one. Can you love God but still rebel? This seems like a strange question to me. How did how did you guys come up with this question in the first place? Well, it actually came up in one of our previous discussions. I'm not, I'm not sure which episode it was in, but in one of the episodes, we were talking about um, when our experience with God. And uh, one of the guys in the podcast, Dave, uh, he posed this question. He said, well, uh, hang on a second. Is it still possible for you to love God, but be in, you know, being conscious of something that you're doing that's wrong in your life? And 
so it was too big a question for that episode, and so we said we'll come back to that. And this was the episode that we dedicated to exploring that question. Okay. All right, so you know, we've often heard this statement that is made, you know, um, you know, m- maybe husband and wife or partners where they're like, um, I love you, but right now I don't like you. Is, is that yeah. the kind of thing that's, um, th- th- that you're talking about here? Yeah, I actually think that's a really, a really good description of it. As we, as we went through the conversation, you know, the, the thoughts kind of bounced around a few places, but I, the idea is when we commit our lives to God, instantly we don't become perfect human beings and understand everything God ever does. Sure. And so there are, there are going to be some times where we make choices in our life that even though we know they are not uh, in harmony with Scripture, but at that point, for whatever the reason, we we take the reins and we decide to do what we want to do. And in that moment, I think it's clear, I think most people would agree that we know that God still loves us in those moments, just like the, the prodigal son, right? The, the yeah. God still definitely loves us. But the, the question is, you know, is it, is it possible that we are still in love with God, but we are making a poor choice at that moment? Mm, 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 okay. And uh, I guess the other question that would go through my mind is, at what point do you fall out of love with God when you have chosen to sin? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I mean, really, down. in many ways, sin is sin is is a result of lack of love, I guess. Yeah. Now, there yeah. Lots of questions that are coming up in my mind right now. I'm going to have to go back through your archives and uh, and dig this one out um, of your podcast and have a listen to uh, to what you guys have to say on this one. Um, mm. Most fascinating. Mm. Yeah. One of the one of the key things, just to sort of um, sum it up, I guess. One of the key things that we that we looked at is it all really comes down to how you define rebel. Because if you define rebellion like Pharaoh when he hardens his heart against God, time after sure. time after time after time, yeah. that's that's rebellion, and that, that is like you said, that's falling out of love with God. Mm-hmm. But if you define rebellion at more as failure or you know that uh, decision at that moment of time, then it becomes very possible to love God and yet still rebel. Because that that's the experience of Romans seven. Yeah. I'd say the well anyway. I will I will leave the conclusions up to you guys, and I will tell our audience to go and have a listen because um, I I'm tr- just want to sit here and yeah. share my opinion and get involved in the discussion as well. I need to be in on this table talk sometime. It sounds like so much fun. That, that sounds great, Lyle. I would love to. <laughs> okay, so uh, a question about sex. Um, so this was a question from an audience asking you to explain First Corinthians seven verse five. I'm going to read this verse. It says, "Do not deprive one another." except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again, so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. What is this verse all about? Mm. There's, there's several elements to it. And in, in the discussion, we went a few places. But the, the core of the verse itself, if you want to take the, like the, um, the narrow view of exactly what the verse is talking about, uh, there's really the, what he's dealing with here is saying that uh, husbands and wives shouldn't deprive each other of sex if it is going to um, cause them to, to fall or, or, or tempt them to sin in other ways. But coming apart for a time in order to put the focus on God is, is appropriate when it's with mutual consent. Okay, so this is a little bit like, uh, say, you might have prayer and fasting where you uh, go on a juice fast or something like that for a few days and you deprive yourself Mm. of food for a a limited period of time while you Mm. dedicate yourself for God. And um, I guess he's suggesting that there might be occasions when you have a fast from sex for a certain period of time, 
but that this should not be a normal thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's it, – it, I'm really glad that Paul um, outlined that because the Bible – I mean, the Bible has a lot to say about sex in, in different areas, mm-hmm. but a lot There's of a whole book of the Bible that's all about sex. Exactly, exactly. Song of Solomon. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of people, uh, particularly in, in some denominations more than others, but some people see sex just universally as a bad thing, and I'm grateful for verses like this because it, it assumes that sex is the norm and it's a good and, and holy part of marriage. And so I, I think that's a good assumption that we can see in the text. Yeah, and would you see that this text is assuming that sex is for more than just procreation, but it's also for intimacy, for pleasure, for um, you know, uh, bonding, and and those kinds of things? Absolutely, because if it was just, if it was just for procreation, the text would only be assuming that they were having sex every, every year or so. Yeah, or, or depending on whether they wanted to have more children or not. And of course, you know, that has been a view that has been um, carried by some churches. Um, yeah. particularly churches that have opposition to um, birth control, for instance, um, yeah. and, uh, and, and and has been quite destructive, particularly in developing countries where they're mm. like, well, we can't use birth control and they have massive families mm. that they're unable to support uh, because, mm. you know, sex is, is seen as only being, uh, as being restricted just for the purpose of, uh, of procreation, having children. Procreation. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Um, <clears throat> You uh, in this particular um, verse, you also you know broadened, I guess, to look at it relationships as a whole and the fact that uh, successful relationships are always putting the other's needs above your own. What what exactly did you discuss about there? Yeah, so in the text where it, it, it talks about um, uh, you know the, to uh, do not deprive one another except for a time, there is the assumption of the fact that the decision is mutual, and so that that sort of led us into talking about the fact that. Uh, relationships, there needs to be really positive communication and the fact that the relationship is only going to be successful if you are putting each other's needs first. And, and that's really the, the picture of love. And, and sex is, you know, one of the, the most intimate forms, of, you know, or expressions of love. And so that, I guess the point is that would assume the fact that you're putting each other's needs first if you're going to have a healthy relationship in the first place. Sure. Now, you're a bunch of young guys discussing this and, uh, you know, uh, a subject that uh, young guys uh, like to discuss on occasions, which is um, um, quite quite natural and appropriate, particularly in a Christian setting like this. Um, Your team, are you guys married or single? Uh, Yeah, great question. Most of us are married. Okay. So coming from a – you're able to discuss this from a standpoint of – uh, experience, yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. That's so good. there's uh, there's two of us that that aren't married; the other three are. Sure. Okay, so you've got um, you, you, you've also got uh, you know, you talk about how communication is essential and so forth. But um, yeah, we're um, unfortunately out of time. But Luke, thank you so much for joining us and giving us a bit of a wrap of the last uh, three episodes that you dealt with on Australian mm-hmm. Table Talk. And uh, yeah, it, we, we'll have you on semi regularly to update us on what is taking place there. At this particular time, we're going to move on with the show. And uh, we have uh, coming up... Uh, if what God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real-life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. 
Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. (laughs) Someone called it a care package there. (laughs) Wow. Oh,
Hey Mon, mm-hmm. do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.